Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, this is Jacques Slade, and this is the Kicks and Shit. Wait, can I say shit? Am I allowed to say shit? I can say shit? I can say shit? Okay. Uh, this is the Kicks and Shit Show, and I'm on the Kicks and Shit Show. I said shit. All right. I'm on the okay. Kicks and Shit Show. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Gerard and your girl Gabby. We are back. Episode 50 50. of the Kicks and Shit Show. That was good. You 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 gave me the drum. Please. That's all I want to say. I mean, Gerard, it is episode 50. How did we even get here? I mean, who even thought we would have made it this far? And we're both still alive. And we're both okay? still alive. we did not kill each exactly. other. Exactly. We are both. God bless the pandemic in that sense. Am I right or am I right? Just kidding. Um, I mean, but you're actually not, because if we were sharing the same studio every week, it might be like, dude. I love it. <laughs> like, I might kill you. You might kill me, but like, I'm very resilient. You know, I'm like the Eli Manning of podcasters that I am. I'm very durable. I think I can withstand a lot, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm dying over here. Love it. Love um, it. Shouts to Eli Manning, two-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP quarterback of the New York Giants. 
Um, Gabby, what, what's happening uh, out there in those streets? Well, Gerard, I haven't been in the streets that much, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is episode 50, so who cares what's going on in the streets? <laughs> That's all I got to say. I am so hyped about this. This trumps all of the streets that are going on. Yeah, you know, no. there's, a, there's a lot happening in the streets, though. There, there is. Streets are starting to open up. Mm. The flowers are in bloom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. spring has sprung. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say this. Mm. Ahead of tonight's game. Uh, not next, including tonight's game. Yep, going for eight in a row. Exactly. And you know when that streak started? When your girl made her debut back <laughs> at the garden. That's the only consistent, the only constant. You know what I mean? I think that... You know, now I'm terrified to go back until anything changes because, I mean, you know, look, I've, I've set a new precedent. They, they're but. doing this for you, Gabs. They are doing this for you. They're like, you know, she has been a loyal G. We have got to do this for her, win one for the Gipper, all that. No, look, as, as we say every week, it seems like, man, look, spring basketball is going to be relevant uh, at the most, most famous arena, it looks like. So that's that's a wonderful thing. I mean, y'all haven't been able to say that for a long time. Very happy for you. Um, more importantly, again, that's the bigger thing that I, I, I keep stressing to Nick fans is like, yo, okay, be excited in the journey and the moment. Don't start looking ahead to like, okay, that means that, no, no, no. Just be, let's be happy where you are right now and enjoying the process of getting good again and changing the culture. That's what's important. I mean, I agree with you. I'm speaking on behalf of all Knicks fans <laughs> as proxy, as your ambassador, <laughs> Knicks fans of America. You know, we're excited to be here. The fact that we're part of the conversation, not just because we've inserted ourselves into the conversation, you know, it feels great. Like, I do a cartwheel right now. I, I can't even do a cartwheel, but, you know, I could do a cartwheel right now. I am so excited. It's a beautiful time. You know, it was great going back to the garden. Mm-hmm, um, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, it's it's nice, and I love that you talk about spring basketball because this is something that's very new for us—a regular season this late in the year, mm, you no know. Doubt. And with the W coming back, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a great time for basketball, and I'm here for every second of it. <laughs> but Gerard, I have to ask though. Yes. What's going on in your episode fifty street? <laughs> well, you know. And it, I, I would say that it was trying to be timed as an episode 50 gift, but no, it really wasn't. What I was looking forward to this week was a potential uh, surprise. Because as everybody knows, the joke, the running gag of this show is um, Gerard's trying to get everything for free. He's not trying to pay any money for any sneakers, right? That's just what we do around here. However, um, there were a pair of Jordan 3s. Um, that was a collaboration with uh, Amam Manri, with the French designer, and I was like, but not for me, for you. So I entered raffles, and I was like, all right, let me try to get, like, and not even, like, enter them, like, okay, you do it and you're going to get it. No, sign up to get into the raffle, okay? And, man, Gabby, let me tell you about taking L's on signups for raffles. No, not the raffle itself. Signing up to get into the raffle. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. I'm just trying, I, I mean, it'd be one thing if I got rejected inside the raffle. All right, cool. Like, you ain't even giving me the opportunity to get into the raffle. Like, that's just, that's a whole new level of, uh, of, of rejection that, and, and really, it, the reason why it felt so, because I was like, oh, it would have been so nice for her because you didn't, you didn't think it was coming. That's why it would have been cool. I wasn't getting it for me. I was getting it for you as a, you know, as a nice little sneaker gift amongst co-hosts of a show. 
Well, now I just feel rude because I didn't get you anything. But I didn't get but I didn't get anything. I didn't no, but I didn't get anything. I didn't even get into the raffle, that's my no. point. But I, I just have to say, Gerard, do you know what the, enough of a gift is for me? Just me. Well, obviously, but welcome to my level, Gerard. This is what I go through every time I try to get a pair of sneakers. So the fact that you finally really understand my pain, my weekly pain, is present enough for me. Misery loves company, right? Am I right? I mean, it's just... It, the part that's just so funny is like again if you lose inside the raffle okay it's like the lottery right like all right yeah dollar a dream yo you ain't even let me inside the raffle my guy like i mean i mean i don't know if it's a guy i just made that up but whoever my guy my gal whoever that's no, probably a guy you know <laughs> like i mean damn at least at least let me get into the raffle though like nah nah no it's just okay, it's well, wild man. you know and i think like we were talking about this on a work call that I had today about, you know, how our mentality of dressing up and reintroducing ourselves to society has changed, mm. right? Like, I put on jeans and I'm like, I feel like I'm basically in the uh, casual Friday equivalent of a ball gown. You're like, what is this like, strange fabric against my skin? <laughs> I don't no know what clue, this is. feels very constricting. <laughs> don't think I like it here. I might just come for a little short visit. Back to bike shorts as I'm currently wearing. It's funny, actually. One of the, one of the people that I work with... Uh, as you guys know, I like a good hoodie and a crew neck sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. Made a joke. I, I like unintentionally objectified a little bit. You know, and she was like, never seen Gabby, I can't believe you have arms. And I was like, I know. It's very strange, right? Like, let's let's like not stare at them because they haven't seen the sun in a very long time. But yes, they do exist. Who even knew? Not me. It's Who been a long time. But even knew? legs we know I have, because you know I'm like team bike shorts even as we're doing this segment. I could be in like a winter coat from the waist up. Team bike shorts. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Team bike shorts for life. Get it trending for 2021, folks. Team bike shorts. Team, team ankle weights. Yo, you, you know what's um, so interesting about that with the whole, like, you're right, like, because we talk about fashion versus function and all this stuff here. Like, what, like, what is going to happen when we have to start? I was thinking the other day about, like, you know, and this is, I'm not trying to be, like, whatever, hoity-toity, but, like, imagine going to, like, fucking, I don't know, the opera or, like, something at Lincoln Center and, like, putting on a tuxedo again it's like i love if that's where you went with that i thought you were going to say a date which i already had my retort was <laughs> i was going to say well gerard why don't you just wear a balenciaga blazer with your sweatpants you know that's but what like, the kids seem to be doing these days <laughs> no but like right like how are we going to go back to like formal wear and like all that sort of thing again it's like we're going to uh, be rocking them with the air dior that's what we're going to be doing i think it's I mean, like change the game i you mean know? those of us who have air diors i mean not me well, I mean, I feel like you're you're not the you're not the test group for this conversation. Appreciate you, love you, you bring so much to the table, but not to the dealer, dealer buying, not to the even buying sneakers part of the conversation. Like you can sit at the table sometimes. But yeah, the thing about the Dior's were like that was another probably uh, co coveted release. Like I, I wouldn't have got those either, even if I wanted to spend the money on them. Like, I think if this stuff didn't happen, I'm, I'm gonna put actually I'm gonna pose this question to you. Do you think? If it wasn't a pandemic, mm. they still would have been as hyped. The Dior's, yeah. The Dior's, I say that about all the hype shoes that happened. Yeah. Like we're home, things are very different. The standards are not yeah. as high, and I'm not saying that there weren't dope collabs. Yeah. Because I think there was a lot of dope shit that came out, but like, it, it, it's funny that you're mentioning mentioning the collabs, and we're going to get into this with our guest, uh, who I'm very excited to talk to later. So I think we're having some. Issues is the wrong word. Look, some of the collabs, let's just be honest, are whack, right? Like, they're just, like, they're not, there's nothing 
creative or like innovative about it. It's just like, here's an existing silhouette, put your little thing on it, like cool, all right. And it's just like, all right, man, like it's fine, but there's nothing like exciting about it. I will say though, because hype beast culture and luxury culture, the Dior's and certain ones, no matter what, I think would have been like super hype, but maybe some of them other ones might have been like, mm, not so you mean much. like those chunky dunks? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, no, I'll say no for those because Ben and Jerry's has such like a, a cachet to them. So like, okay. they're not luxury like Dior, but like people love Ben and Jerry's, right? It's so, like they are a little bit different. So I feel that's like- true. And the ice cream, the ice cream packaging for the influencer yes. press feeding box, yes. I think that's what really sold it. And if it was a regular mm. box nah. that was released first, it was People actually really like, smart by the team. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I kind of agree with you though, right? It's like after a certain point, like how many different colorways can we do Infin infinite, infinite apparently. Apparently, well, I mean, I, the limit does not exist, <laughs> but you know, maybe I'm being a mean girl with this lens. Say, but shouts, like, shouts, shouts to all the wonderful ladies from Mean Girls. Shout to Katie Harron, you know, <laughs> that's cat, it's 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 Katie, Caddy, Caddy, Katie. Yeah, I want to call you Caddy. <laughs> I mean, Gerard, is that why you're wearing this, like, pinkish hoodie today? Because on, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, we wear pink. Is that you it? wear this? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing, like, the you're wearing, of pink yeah. right now. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, is that not one of the more quotable movies? Like, it's just... Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's just so... And it, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where you, you as a guy, you're like, I'm going to like this thing. And it's like, this movie's hilarious. Like, it's just so funny. You know a movie I think that you would actually have a similar response to? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two. But the first one I just saw recently that I, I feel like I want to go back and watch again yes. is Coming to America 2. I really enjoyed oh, it. I if I look at it separately from the first one. And the second one is one that you have not seen that I think you'd really oh, enjoy. No, a I little, oh, little no. ditty called Space Jam. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew you were going there. How quotable. I, I knew Space Jam was coming. Okay, quote quotables for 100 for bad. Well, okay, Gerard, <laughs> Space Jam. There you go. Well, as Good you fun. know, uh, friend of the show and my co-host of the Seven Footers Basketball Podcast, check it out. New episode out today. Um, Jenna is also like shocked that I have not seen Space Jab. And so she mentioned something about it the other day. And I'm like, you, you guys all realize out of spite, I am never watching that movie. Like that movie, nor am I seeing the sequel. Like I just, it, it, as, as you mentioned earlier, especially for this one, I am not the target audience, right? Like this is, <laughs> it's not me. And so. I mean, I'm absolutely not the target audience <laughs> for the second one. You know how I feel about certain people for oh. so many reasons. But I will say. I understand the spite. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Like yeah. I went, I went to, I went to college upstate New York, mm -hmm. in a horse racing town. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I that comes across in a certain way because I look the way that I look. <laughs> um, you know, and so my dad was all about sea biscuit, and, and like anyone who walked by on the street who would like glance at him, have you read Sea Biscuit? Great book. Have you read it? And I was like, I will never read it. Love my dad. My dad's great. Like. World's greatest dad. Never will read Seabiscuit. Sorry, dad. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the full well, on. I understand the spite. You're on the full on spite. I'm never going to see this thing. <laughs> so to me, I understand that reason more than saying you were like a little bit above the age demographic. To me, I call Bush League on that one. But like out of spite. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate you coming over, coming over to this side. Um, no, but I, I do, you know, as we, as we, as we wrap and we talk about um, collaborations, I, I do think that that's a space where really I think the brands can afford to do more and take more risk. Right. And I always wonder about this. Like, I mean, is there fear when you're a big brand like Nike? Like, but like my thing is like, but you are the God brand. Like, what is your fear? Like if, if it's shitty, See no, what you did there. 
See, even when I accidentally drop puns, I'm meaning to drop puns. But but real talk though, right? Like, <laughs> but when you like, I mean, what is it gonna? What would what would Nike have to do from a dropping a shoe perspective to be so egregious that they lose their complete market share? I don't think that's even possible. Like, nothing. I agree with you, but I think that they. I'm going to use this phrase, like, and don't get me wrong, I love a lot of the Nike collabs, but I know, like, when you work at it, when you're part of a big company, there's a lot of red tape and a lot of hoops to jump a through. A lot of the big decision makers aren't the ones that are necessarily the target demo either. Very knowledgeable, very amazing, but like, you know, I think the world freaked out when Travis Scott switched switched the swoosh. Oh my God. You take that swoosh off that shoe completely, you know it's a Jordan 1 still. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. I think, like, that's where it's like we have to like as delicious as our Kool-Aid is, you guys, <laughs> put down the sauce. Put down the sauce, That's guys. Like, open up your minds a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. a little little creative <laughs> juice flowing. I don't know. It was recently 420, so we'll leave it there. Anyway, yes, folks, exactly. stay tuned because we have an amazing guest, uh, YouTube superstar, someone deep in this sneaker game. If you are following the sneaker game, which obviously you are if you watch this show, um, you know who this guy is. So stay tuned. What's good, everybody? We're back. Gabby, we're not alone. We are joined by OG Sneakerhead, uh, super YouTube content creator. He wow. is also somewhat of a golfer. We'll get into that. <laughs> the host of Hard Pass, Mr. Jock Slade. What's good, my guy? <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. I felt like that with that kind of intro, I need to do something when I come in. <laughs> the, 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 the raindrops coming down, yeah, you were like, yeah. Walk through the curtain. Nice. Was that a Yeezy slide that you just used as a horn? Is that what I just saw? Oh, no, it's just a shoehorn. Just a regular shoehorn. I was like, I'm not, I'm not Yeezy slide cool, but, you know, I'm I not try. Yeezy slide cool. <laughs> What's good, my guy? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy happy to be here. Thank you, too, for having me on. Uh, I was wondering. I would see this pop up in, like, Gabby's stories, and I was like, oh, I guess I guess I ain't the guy. <laughs> um, I guess I don't. I don't fit the build. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like a, he I'm saw, not cool enough. Or he, he, he saw Tamara Dion right there. Thing. He was like, oh, word, it's like that? Okay, I see yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. some, some of the people I was like, oh, really? Okay, <laughs> all right. I guess, I, I, guess I can't get an invite. I was like, okay, I'm not. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, was re, I was reposting them. Like, okay, maybe maybe she'll see me. You know, maybe she'll see me. Maybe she'll see I me. love it. I love it. <laughs> no, man, but for real, we are so amped to have you on because you're so knowledgeable, of course, about the game. You create incredible content and you have interests that vary across so many things. Yeah, sneakers are a big connector in that, but so many things that you're interested in. But here's something I want to ask you, though, straight off the top. At Kustu, where, what, where'd that come from? <laughs> so it's technically Kusto. Kusto, uh, oh, okay. It's supposed to be technically at oh. Kusto because my name is Jacques. When I was in high school, ah. my name Jacques Kusto. Um, but you know, when you're young, you have to spell it different because you're cool, obviously. <laughs> um, so that's where the K-U-S-T-O-O came from. Really, it's Kustu, um, and that's how people say it when they see me. And I always have to con- I have to correct them. Um, but they're really the- they're really right, and I was wrong. <laughs> so um, it's like a it's a moral conundrum that I put myself in, and so that's why I just say Jock Slade now. I still use the uh, the Cousteau as my handle, right? 
but I just say Jacques Slade everywhere now, just so people just call me Jacques as opposed to being like, you say your name, Cousteau, but it's spelled Cousteau. Cousteau. There's two O's. Cause two. What, tell me yeah. about the two resorts that cut through. Yeah. Is there an accent on one of them O's? Or did, did, I, did I not see it? It's actually I don't know. an umlaud. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hilarious. So are you, would you consider yourself on par with the great jocks? Like you two are like, you're, you're oh neck and neck for the, for the great jocks in the world. No, 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 no. Jacques Cousteau has a much larger impact than I than I will ever have. He, he you know, I, I aspire to have the sort of impact that he had both socially, environmentally, and just the things that he accomplished as as a man in general. So I have a I have a long way to go before I even enter that conversation. But you know what? You close. You 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 do some fire stuff, my guy. Let's don't 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 sell yourself short. But, you know, Jock, where I want to start with you, man, is where we start with so many of our guests. Um, of course, everybody sees the sneakers and everything. But really, like, I want to start from the beginning. Man, mm-hmm. when did you fall in love with sneakers? And, you know, then we'll get into how you transfer, transform that love into this vibrant career you have right now. Well, I would say the, the love for sneakers started with basketball. Um, all of my... All of my cousins and my older cousin that I idolized as a kid, all of his friends played basketball. And so I essentially looked up to everything that they did, wanting to emulate them in every way possible. Uh, They were part of the older group. I was part of like the midsection of cousins and that midsection of cousins. We all wanted to be like our older cousin, Casey, because he was so good at basketball. He was on varsity and we would go to his games at his high school and stuff like that. And so all of that kind of cemented sneakers in my life, because if you like basketball, sneakers are, are just, you know, a, a heartbeat away from becoming a part of your life as well. Yeah, man. And that's that's the case for so many people. Right. It's it's money. It's got to be the shoes like that. It's that's that's the thing for so for so many people. So you are an L.A. guy, so I know that means yeah. you're a Lakers fan. Shout to the purple and gold. Shout out to the purple and gold all day, all day. <laughs> 17-time world champion. I, I was just going to say, excuse me, you're 17-time world champion, Los Angeles just make Lakers. Just sure we put that out there so everybody <laughs> understands. Are, 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 are we getting 18 this year? Is, is 18 happening? Uh, I think 18 is a possibility this year. I feel really great. Um, we've had two of our, our biggest players on the bench because of injuries. But I feel like by the end of the season, they'll be back in time for playoffs. We're still doing well. It's not like we we knocked ourselves out of contention while they were gone. So we still kept up some of the energy that was there. And uh, I think once they get back, um, L.A. will be on fire again. And it'll it'll be a it'll be a hard fought race for for number 18. Uh, Growing up as a Lakers fan in L.A., you know, y'all had some stars come through there, man. And talk about the impact of those stars and particularly like their sneakers, because you had Shaq had his shoes. You had Kobe, who was with Adidas, them with Nike. Right. I mean, you had you had some people flow through there. Eddie, I mean, a whole lot of different guys yeah. go through. Talk about that sort of um, evolution with the different stars. Come through. I mean, maybe you were a little bit young magic and the converse, like the whole the whole vibe. I mean, well, when it comes to superstars, that's kind of what we expect here in L.A. It's just like we you're you're expected to win in Los Angeles. Like if you don't win, 
like the city just looks down upon you. <laughs> you know, ask the Clippers. You know, they wow, get so, shots fired. Like as a as a as a Laker fan, like you you're just used to winning, and you have these superstars that have these cool shoes. You had Kobe when he was with Adidas. His first couple with Adidas were hot. You know, not all of them. You know, a couple of them. Um, then you have you know, obviously you have Shaq and being such a big personality in his shoes. Then Kobe got with Nike, and that like really turned things around, and and really like ignited the sneaker world in Los Angeles. You know, we weren't necessarily known for uh, our sneakers here in LA. You had, you had guys like, you know, Gary Payton when he came for that season and, you know, Eddie Jones and like those guys, but we weren't really known for our players having sneakers until really until kind of Kobe came around. That's when things really, that, that conversation started to be a larger, a larger piece of like pop culture and a part of the sneaker world. Yeah, no doubt. And, and now of course with LeBron and AD and, you know, whom, whomever the, the next superstars are going to be, I wonder, you know, as we talk about sneakers, like, how are you currently feeling about the game right now? So, like, basically your sort of, like, state of the union of, of the sneaker right. game right now. <laughs> and, and then we're, we're going to get into some discussions about collaborations because I, I have some questions and thoughts. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think the sneaker world is bigger than it's ever been, which which is great. It's an opportunity for the rest of the world to see this thing that I'm so passionate about and be able to experience it and understand it and, and see why it's meaningful to not only just me, but generations of kids of people that, that love these things. Everyone, I think everyone is a bit of a sneakerhead in one way or another. And what I'm doing, I feel like my role is, is to, to help that help them storytell why they are, into sneakers, Jared. I think there's, I don't think there's anybody who is opposed to having a cool pair of sneakers in the world. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there's people that may, maybe they don't wear cool sneakers, but if you were able to get a cool pair of sneakers in their hand, I think they would wear them. It's just, it's one of those things that I think people are into. They just don't have the opportunity or they haven't had the privilege of being able to tell to tell their story through their sneakers. And if you have these dads that wear monarchs or whatever <laughs> on, and that's their thing, mm -hmm. and that's a, and that's a cool vibe. Yeah, but you get them a dope pair of monarchs, they they probably they'd wear them more often than not, and like tell their story in their own way. So I think sneakers being bigger as big as it is is awesome it's incredible that it's as big as it's been because it's, it's bigger than it's ever been um but at the same time that also obviously brings in um the opportunist and that's where we have like the the resale market kind of turning into what it is now um but that's part of the game that's part of everything every category every niche there's going to be those opportunists that come in and try to take advantage of of the of the popularity of something um, and that's just not something that, you know, people are going to people. So we can't really do any, we can't do much about that. Um, but what I can do from my end is use it as an opportunity to teach um, and give people more information and knowledge on what they're doing and why the resale market is there and use that as an opportunity to teach them to, oh, but look, there's this sneaker here too. Uh, here's the air structure. Like, these are dope. Mm -hmm. Like these are, these are classics. Like here's something you can fall in love with as well. Here's an Air Max one. There's something that you can fall in love with. It doesn't have to be the hypest thing in the world. Here's a, here's an Adidas Shelto. Like mm -hmm. these are made, these are made with, you know, mushrooms. Like here's an opportunity for you to, to be sustainable and then wear a shoe that doesn't have an impact on the environment. That's a classic sneaker that has obviously the run DMC song, but also mm -hmm. just, is just a really great classic sneaker. These, mm -hmm. all these opportunities are out there, but 
they don't necessarily hear about that. And then kind of that's kind of where me and people like me come into play. We get to educate and teach people about the, the greater world of sneakers and not just the stuff they see on the news. I think there's so much there that I, I, I can see Gerard's <laughs> gears turning as well. Um, I, I think like I always have looked at sneakers as, as a way of inclusivity and opportunity, right? I mean, I, I also love that you say people are going to people because people are going to people. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot there because, you know, I think the days of Jordan still being available on shelves past 10.01 a.m., East Coast time, like that seems like an urban legend these days. And, you know, yeah. we're past the days of where, oh, if you had a bunch of Hirachis, like now that's cool. It doesn't matter if you don't have all the hypest collection. Um, from an opportunity and an inclusion standpoint, uh, how has the game changed and what are you liking and what's really not working right now? Um, I think opportunity wise, we see. You know, I guess first and foremost, we see women having a larger voice in the conversation. Women have always been a part of the community, but now you see them having a larger voice in the action and and the development of the community, which I think is really, really important. Um, just diversity, you know, and more diversity makes for a better and bigger a bigger community that sees things through different lenses and allow people to see things from different lenses. And um I love what Nike is doing with like the flyy stuff. Like that's a, that's a really big step. I don't think people really understand the impact of that and where that can actually go. Uh, like even with the Nike flyies go, like that's going to have a huge, I think that's gonna have a bigger impact than just those that don't, that, that don't have, you know, the abilities that the, that the rest of us do. Those shoes I think are going to, are going to, to be a bigger thing for like women that are pregnant or for, for small children that can't tie their shoes yet. Like all of that stuff is going to come into the conversation and be a bigger part of the conversation. Whereas, you know, you're trying to serve all of these different athletes. And by doing that, you don't, you don't, you create something that's not just for them, but something that's for the larger community that if you weren't looking through that lens, or if you weren't taking the opportunity to expand your color palette or disband or expand your design palette, you wouldn't do that. Now you have a bigger conversation and you have product that fits a bigger population because you decide to to look outside of the normal scope of things i love that man like yeah. i love i love that you said nobody is above a fresh pair of kicks and that's true right like everybody wants a fresh pair of sneakers regardless of whether you're like all right i love this crazy collaboration and funky colorway if it's a monarch or it's a tanjun whatever or some sketchers what right whatever you like you like i do have a question for you though along that vein about collaborations and it seems to me that and we I, look, we love Nike here, Jordan Brand, all all of our no 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 we do all our favorite, our favorite brands. Mm -hmm. Shouts to all our good people for sending us and hooking us up with stuff. Please continue to do so. Thank you very much. Um, so thirsty. <laughs> it, it seems to me that uh, you know these brands are just like all right, cool. Here's a person. Let me just sign a, a deal with them. All right, here's our stable of shoes we got. Do something with it, and they come out, and it's like all right, like, it's a silhouette that exists. You put your signature on it, which, I mean, uh, okay, like, would you, you, in, in some little cases, you sign the shoe, and it's like, uh, that's it? Mm. That's that's what makes this so cool? Uh, what is it going on with the brands and these collaborations, and why are they afraid to make ch to take chances? Uh, I, I think that has a lot to do with the fragility of, of job security, in in the sneaker world, um, if I, as a designer, am not confident that 
if my shoe doesn't sell, that I'll still have my job, I'm not going to take very many risks. Like, I have to be comfortable to know that, hey, I tried something, it didn't do well, but I don't have to worry about my job because my boss understands that we're pushing the envelope. So I think that's where you get a lot of, of recycling of the same thing with different colors or slightly changed here or slight change there um, because they know it's going to sell. And, and that's, you know, that's an important part of the equation. Like they're, they're here to make money. Like we all like to think that these companies, oh, they're about the culture. They love it. No, they're here to make money. That's what, that's what they're here to do. They're here to sell you a product. And, and that's what it is at the end of the day, we've developed a community around that, but they're here to sell product and they're going to go with the thing that they have the highest percentage of knowing this is going to sell. That's why we get so many Jordan ones. That's why we get so many retros of things from back in the day. These old collaborations coming back, just because they know they we know this is going to sell. So this is the safest bet for us. Um, but I agree with you. I think there should be opportunities for people to push the envelope, and people do a little bit here and there, and you see a little bit here and there. Um, Virgil is probably the most recent person that really kind of changed things um from what they what they were um but even that he didn't change things <laughs> too much yeah. you know what i mean yeah. the 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 body and the the design and the lines of the silhouette are still there it's not really anything new the closest thing we may get to that is maybe what jerry does with yeah. adidas yeah. Mm-hmm. and jerry kind of pushed that a little bit with what he was doing with nike like his jerry's air raid is probably the 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 biggest conversion of a proper silhouette that we know from a from a collaborator, mm-hmm. and I think that is what that's those type of things are what are going to be are going to be more impactful um, as things go down the line because people are going to start getting fatigued with seeing the same thing over and over again. I love that, and you, mm-hmm. you mentioned Jerry. Do you think Adidas has a leg up right now with Kanye and Jerry? Because I mean, Nike could this you had Kanye first, <laughs> like. This could have been you. I get it. You don't like the funky, uh, the, you know, as Gabby calls them, the, the dumpling shoes. Whatever. The dumplings, yeah. It, 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 dumpling. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, like, though, I mean, people love those things. And they mm-hmm. like, and they move. Like, did they make a mistake not, like, just letting him rock and, and trying to get Jerry? No, I mean, to be fair, I don't think Kanye would be who he is today if he and Nike hadn't went separate ways. Okay. I think the separation of Nike and the drama and intrigue that Mm. that created made Kanye bigger than he would have ever been when it comes to sneakers. Um, So I don't don't think they lost anything giving up Kanye. I think. I think what it did is put it put a fire under them It made maybe 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 made them realize some things. I don't feel like it was a loss. I don't feel like it was really a loss for either party. It wasn't a loss for Adidas. It wasn't a loss for Kanye. It wasn't a loss for Nike. But I, I do think it, it put a lot of things into perspective for all of them, all parties involved. And I think because of that elevated what we started getting and what, did we, start, what we started seeing from brands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so funny because I'm like the foam, the easy foam runners, you know, <laughs> nod to the red, the red October t- style pair that just came out. I mean, and then I look at the the Drake rebuttal, basically, because, you know, Drake always has to have a rebuttal. It's like the foam runners and the monarchs had a baby and that's what's on Drake's feet that I'm seeing. But like, 
I agree with Gerard and, you know, I love a one, but I mean, what's kind of, what's next? Like what direction do you see things going in to really kind of push the envelope, but also, you know, move the dollars as they say. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great conversation. Um, and a great question. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I like the community yes. has to, that's, that's something the community has to speak on. I think the community is getting frustrated and that that's going to start pushing them to other things. Um, and you saw that with like Crocs and how that kind of took off for a little while and that had its moment in the sun. Um, but it shows you that, that the community is starting to look elsewhere for, for their, uh, for their love and for their, and putting their energy in other places. And, um, and the brands, I think they recognize that and, that's where you see them starting to press the line with pushing out new product and doing new things. Yeah. I mean, star power is such an important part of this too, right? Like you mentioned Kanye leaving and that ups the intrigue, right? Jerry Lorenzo, known commodity, the fear of God stuff is incredible. Obviously he's going to flock to whatever he puts out over at Adidas. I'm looking at Jordan brand particularly. And, you know, we know they don't do a ton of signature lines for for their athletes, right? Most of them just Mm -hmm. wear, the, the new Jordans and they get them in their team colorways and some, some PEs and whatever. Zion Williamson, uh, yeah. a, a, a name that, you know, even a casual basketball fan knows, right? Um, yeah. Do you think they have, th- th- this is their guy in a way that Chris Paul, Carmelo, all the other guys that have been through Jordan R- Russ were not able to do it. Is Zion the guy you think for them to like, all right, we're going to really go behind this sh- a signature line for you and you're going to be the next guy with a 10, 11, 12, 13 year shoe run. I hope, I hope so. I think part of that also is going to lie on, it's going to lie in two places. One is going to lie on Jordan brand, really pushing him out to the forefront and making him that star, giving him that ability to, to kind of shine on his own. But part of it also is going to rely on Zion having that sort of personality that's appealing um, to, to a larger population. That's what, that was the magic of Kobe. Kobe had a great personality. He understood product. He understood marketing. And that's what helped make and elevate the product that he created and the way that people perceived him. Um, Zion is obviously super young and he's, you know, just getting started. So there's a lot of room for him to grow. But I think the opportunity is there if those two work in tandem, you know, one of the issues with being a Jordan brand athlete is that you're a Jordan brand athlete mm-hmm. and you live within the shadow yes. of Michael Jordan <laughs> yeah. and Zion, Zion and Jordan brand need to find a way to elevate him. That elevates him in spite of him being a Jordan brand athlete. And I think that is what's going to make the biggest difference for him and allow him to really shine. And that's, and that's a challenging thing to do. I'm sure there's much smarter people in, in, you know, in bigger rooms than I, than I've ever been in that are making those sorts of decisions. But I think that's what's going to need to happen in order to elevate him. He's the Gen Z athlete. He's a perfect opportunity to really tell stories from that perspective, but they've got to be open to telling stories from that perspective and not following the manual that they've been following since Jordan signed. Um, and that every other brand is following in order to allow them to flourish, allow him to flourish. Um, I love that. And I think, you know, you, you talk about something really interesting with Kobe about the personality and the man behind the shoe, that it wasn't just about the shoe. And I think that's something where Jordans have really stood the test of time because it's that emotion that's connected to the shoe, the man that's connected to the shoe, what it meant. Yes, it's a classic design, but I'd love to know your thoughts on kind of like 
what that balance looks like in terms of fashion versus function. I mean, we're seeing the prototypes of the Zion, uh, the Zion one out there. And, you know, there's been some interesting comments. So I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it that way because, you know, Switzerland is a beautiful place to visit this time of year. Um, but would love your thoughts on kind of like that, finding that balance between fashion function and the emotional connection that comes along with that to build a brand. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about this whole fashion function conversation is the the Jordan one wasn't fashionable when it came out. It's fashionable now. It's part of that conversation now. But it was a performance shoe that people wore that tried to play basketball, um, that wanted to play like Michael Jordan. And you don't you don't have that reverence for athletes like we used to, like we had back then with Michael Jordan. So that disconnect is even is even bigger. Um, there's also a, a, a tendency to lean into the technical side of performance from from brands now, which is great for the athlete and on the performance side, um, but it doesn't translate necessarily as well on on the fashion side. And they've tried to, even to do the fashion stuff. Nike had the um, the the lifestyle versions of like the LeBron ten, mm-hmm. I think it was like the, like the, I think it was the ten and the eleven. They did it for like LeBron and KD. Um, and that stuff just didn't, some of it resonated and, and some of it, some of it didn't. So that balance is, is more of people turning the performance into fashionable stuff. I think that's where that has to happen. I don't, I don't trying to, uh, I know a lot of times and I'm guilty of it myself, like the media where they're like, Oh, is this something they can wear off court? And everybody's like, yeah, of course you can wear this off court. But I don't know if that's necessarily a, something that they should design for. Mm. It should be something that happens organically within mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. And that's when things really start to resonate and start to have a bigger impact as opposed to trying to make mm-hmm. it a lifestyle mm-hmm. and performance shoe, make a performance shoe and then just let the community tell you mm-hmm. when it's going to work for on a, work with a lifestyle purpose. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I like love that. I just keep thinking bridesmaids dresses. Sure, you can wear it outside of the wedding. You know, it's like a similar conversation. Rod, you can relate on that one, right? Well, it, well, it's hilarious because every, no matter what woman mm-hmm. it was, you're never wearing that bridesmaid dress again. Never. No matter how nice it is, you are never. And I, and I know because there are women who've told me, wow, she did a great job picking these bridesmaids dresses. I still ain't wearing it out though. Like you know what right. I mean? Like you like I'm still not wearing that somewhere. It's it's fascinating. You, you mentioned Kobe, Jock. Um, obviously, the news came down that Kobe Bryant LLC and his estate and the Nike uh, partnership has ended. They were not able to renew their deal. Anytime, whenever I hear that, I always you know I, I look at the money right, <laughs> and like, I always go, okay, something went down somewhere where uh, Vanessa and the estate wanted something or whatever, and Nike wasn't willing to budge or vice versa, wh- whatever it may be. And then um, Kobe Bryant LLC filed for the trademark of uh, Mamba Footwear and Mamba Apparel. So it's very clear that they have some plans in the works to really turn that Mamba line into something more than just sneakers. Um, And Vanessa was someone who complained about, you know, not having Kobe fans getting access to the stuff, right? Because, I mean, Kobe's that, I mean, obviously, tragically, his death made that even more so. But he was a guy that... Because it's like a sweet spot, right? Because he kind of came alive, right? Just as the social media age was like, he's like, that. it's a perfect storm for him, right? So that's how in so many ways he resonates. And I thought that was interesting. What were your thoughts when that whole thing went down? Um, I think sadness more than anything else. Like, oh, like like they had such a great, they seemed like they had a really great relationship and partnership between those two. 
But if, you know, everything we read is to be believed, you know, Kobe's product wasn't selling as well before he passed. Mm. Like, that seems to be the reality of the conversation, that Kobe's product was sitting on shelves. Uh, even the pro trolls weren't necessarily doing as well. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't until after he passed that thing that people, you know, re- realized that they were kind of sleeping on this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So that 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 puts Nike in a weird position and it also puts Vanessa in a weird position. You know what I mean? Like how she wants to get everything to everybody. But we know that limited is a part of the marketing strategy mm-hmm. and keeping things limited. Um, Nike has to wonder, like, if we do make these available in larger quantities are people still mm-hmm. going to want them mm-hmm. and so like that's a conversation i think that they all had to have and you know they came uh, I, my hope is that they can eventually work something out like the mamba footwear and mamba apparel and all of that stuff you know I, I i think that's kobe you know being kobe and thinking thinking far forward into the future on what he can do um but i'm also a bit a bit skeptical of if that sort of thing can survive now that Kobe is not here mm-hmm. um, and he's not here to push it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of things there, I think, that make it a, a not-so-easy conversation to have. And that's why I said it just kind of just made me sad that, that it's not there. One of, my, one of my buddies, Nate Jones, mm-hmm. you know, he tweeted out that the Mamba mentality would have been a great alternative to, like, Live Strong if it would have stayed under the Nike brand. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Excellent point there. You know, God, Jack, we touched on so many things. And, <laughs> I mean, we could talk to you literally for 17 more hours. We won't have that much time. Um, but, you know, your interests vary so much i mean you're into anime i talked about golf uh, i believe you're a runner as well um of course talked about the sneakers man how did you decide that all right all this love of sneakers and all of these varied interests i'm going to turn that into a career and make youtube videos <laughs> and everyone's going to watch them like what was well i still i still haven't made that decision like, I, I, like, this, this I, like i i don't i don't like to say that i made that decision this is more like the community making that decision for me and and embracing me and and allowing me to to to, to share my voice with them um, I, I could have never called this or planned this. I just made content because it was something that I was passionate about and the community, um, found it acceptable in a sense. And, and they, and they were able to kind of, they opened their arms up to me. And so I just, you know, just kept doing what I was doing. So I don't, I don't like to say like, I made a decision to do this. <laughs> I, I just made a decision to make content. And as far as like the career that it became, that's at the behest of the community, not my, not me. I love it. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something too that we we find a lot, right? Is that, you know, the best the best paths are often, you know, with the first steps instead of something that you're following in someone else's footsteps, right? And like creating that new pathway. And I think when you started creating content, I mean, the landscape out there now has changed so much. Yeah. Um I'd yeah. love to know more about, you know, what that evolution has been like. And I think, you know, something that for me personally, I, I fangirl over a little bit is like the education piece, right? Like every episode of what's popping, I learn something, at least something, you know? And I think that's what keeps people coming back. But how is, how has that kind of evolved since the beginning and the, and the YouTube days? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the content has definitely evolved since the early days. 
Um, and it's also part of it, you know, is differentiating myself from everything's out there. Like when I when I first started, there was only a couple of us. I mean, you could probably count them on on one hand who who was out there and who was creating content around sneakers and at least quality content around sneakers, high quality content around sneakers. And so that pushes you, or it pushes me to kind of keep growing and and to show the community what you're able to do. Like I've been. I've been very lucky, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that I work hard, but there's also an essence of luck. And I tell this to everyone, everyone, you know, has, a lot of people have the perspective of I did this and I was able to, I know, like I worked hard. Yes. But I was also happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was on YouTube at the right time when no one was really doing this. And, and I, I got lucky. And with that, I, I acknowledge, um, that I have to continue to, to, to create and push the limits of what we're able to do as more doors are opened for me. Um, I, I think that the stuff that I'm able to do and the things that I'm able to accomplish are just like, just like the top of the water. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like a mosquito that's sitting on the water, just floating. And there's a whole world below me that's going to open up once, once people go, Oh, Oh, you can do that as a sneaker guy. Like it's like I it's weird that like I'm the first of, of our sneaker community to do something on like on a network television show <laughs> like that's Like but now everybody knows that that's possible. Yep. Like I, you know, Gabby knows like I worked with eBay and I did voiceover for for one of their commercials like I'm the first sneaker guy to do that. But now everybody knows that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. That's something that we can do. So my, I guess my role more than anything is to continue push, to continue create new content and to do different things so that people know that there's opportunities for them to do these things and go way beyond what, what I've been able to accomplish. Like I'm going to go as far as I can, but by going as far as I can, I show, I'm trying to show people where they can start. I love that, yeah. and 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 it's such a good message for, because you know so many people watch these things and like young kids are like, oh man, I want to do that because they they only see the end result, right? Yeah. Damn, Jack, you got those two, and it's like, yo, man, like a lot of steps go into before you get to yeah. this stage, right? And even though you know you you know, and I and I appreciate that you're talking about the fortune that you, that that it takes, right? Fortune in terms of luck to get where you are. The bottom of a, a pair of AJ5 golf shoes I got from my cousins say better be to be lucky than good, right? Like as, as it relates to golf. And but what I say about luck as it relates to that is you have to be good enough for luck to matter, right? Like that's that that's the thing. It's like, OK, luck is yes, you don't get any other little bit of fortune, but you have to be good for the luck to actually matter. Right. And, you know, one of the things I always say is like and I, it's a basketball analogy. Orlando Magic can be the luckiest team in the world. They're still the Magic, right? Like, and, and wow. I mean, wow. yeah, shots fired. Sh sh you know, I, I I'm just glad you didn't say that about the Knicks. <laughs> I was like holding my breath on that one. I was like, hmm. Besides, uh, turn uh, this conversation. I wasn't, wasn't going to do that to you. But yeah, you, you have to be good enough for the luck to matter. Jock, this was dope, man. Um, but everybody, stay tuned because you know what's coming up next. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell. Presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. So stay tuned. What's good, everybody? You know what time it is. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. Hey, man, 
Chad and Adina are, I mean, have you guys been paying attention to what's been going on with another lane? They are all over news media. New York Times, uh, CNBC, I mean, they are everywhere. Why? Because what they're doing is incredible and really important for the culture. You know, Jock mentioned earlier about, you know, capitalism and like, yo, these shoes, these brands are out here because they got to make money. Chad and Adina's, their whole thing is like, look, we realize people want to do that, but there's a larger community and culture behind this whole thing. And we are here yep. for those people who want that. Yeah, you want to make your money selling shoes? Cool. We ain't going to stop you. But it's about community and culture, man. The people who really made this a thing that people like the Af- – oh, I was going to mention his name, but I'm not. You know who I'm talking about who made the news recently <laughs> for selling some shoes because his mom was a Nike VP, right? Nah, we're not about those people, right? We're about people who actually care about this community and culture. So make sure you guys head over to anotherlane.com and check it out. Jock, the floor is yours, my man. Uh, first, Chad Adina. I don't have a T-shirt, but whatever. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Relax. A, a, a man cool. after my own heart. See, you gotta just cool. you gotta just ask no, for what you cool. want. Sneaker Galactus. I mean, I, and that's my boy. Like, I, like I know him. Uh, it's cool. It's cool. Whatever. No, it's great. No, Chad, it's great. I'm, glad you guys, I'm glad you guys got him. Chad, though. listen, that's you better cool. go ahead and handle that boy. <laughs> No. I, like, I think oh, we're gonna on. watch this. Uh... Yeah, we, we talk on Twitter all the time. It's cool. It's cool. No, it's cool. It's great. It's great. I'm glad, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you guys got t-shirts. That's, that's important. That's obviously important. That's great. Great. It's cool. Uh, so yeah, as I was saying, uh, for sneakers for me, uh, so the three that I have um, that are meaningful to me. Uh, one is this. This is the uh, Air Jordan Four, the Fear Jordan Fours, um, and it has an interesting quote on the inside. Is uh, I'm scared of what I won't become. And the other one is says like, I'm scared of you and you're scared of what I will become or something, something along those lines. So, um, these mean a lot to me because when I got fired, I was working for a sneaker website. And when I got fired, um, these kind of came, became my inspiration to start my own channel and to, and to kind of continue down that lane. So that's kind of where these came into play. So that's why these are important to me and I beat them up. Um, I wear them all the time. I, re- I haven't cleaned them. Um, I can't really wear them anymore because uh, the air bubble squeaks Ooh. when I walk. So, yeah, I've got to find a way to rectify that. Either I bust the air bubble or, I don't know, someone <laughs> said put some, some baby powder in there, but I don't know if that's going to work. baby powder. Ooh. Cure, um, cure off everything. everything. <laughs> the cure off everything. Well, put some, put some baby powder on it. Um, that make it work. Um, then the other one I brought out is... The Iverson. Yeah. Um, because I felt like he had such an impact on basketball culture that it's hard to ignore what, um, to ignore that. Like you see it, it's the echoes of what Allen Iverson brought to the game from his footwear to his fashion are, are still being felt today in the way that the guys walk through the tunnel and the way that the guys show off their footwear. So I kind of had to bring this one just because it, it means so much, I think, to the basketball community as a whole that it's really hard to ignore. And I actually really wish people were about this life a lot more um, because this is a result of what you see uh, happening in the world of fashion and footwear today, as opposed to the Air Jordan 1. This has a bigger impact on the way it's it's manifested in itself today. But anyway, that's much more. I, I love that you talk about that, though, because I think, like, and we're guilty about this as well. We're all in, like, Nike Jordan blinders, but... I mean, I think like, like I just got a pair of question mids last week, you know, and all the different colorways that are coming out now. Like, do you think this is the AI? Like, is that the answer to the question? (laughs) Yeah. Is this the moment? Yeah. I'd I'd love to have the community focus more on AI and what, and what he was able to bring to the table and let, let his, let uh, add some diversity to the conversation because if anybody deserves it, 
he he's one of the he's one of the people that deserve it. He um, is um ah. he's someone who whenever you talk about Allen Iverson, and I always make the statement, it's never it, the conversation is not about basketball. Like it is, it's such a larger thing, and it's funny because like you know I'll often debate people about where he's ranked, and I always say to them. I'm not doing that with you because this is not, you, when you come at, you're not, this isn't basketball what you're talking. And, and I appreciate that. I get it. He means so much more to so many people about just a way of life and living. Right. And it's just, it supersedes basketball. Anyway, continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my last <laughs> one is this one. So this is an Air Max one. Uh, it's a shoe oh. that I designed uh, oh. with Nike. And uh, the reason why this one is important is because it represents, I designed it after my grandfather. So when I was really young, my grandfather would babysit us and he had like this turquoise colored truck and he would get up at like five o'clock in the morning and he would go collect cardboard to make money in his retirement and he would often take us with him. So that's where this design came into play. So the turquoise is representative of his truck. Uh, The black is because we would get up in the morning with him and it was still dark outside. Uh, So I put speckles on the midsole because you could see the stars in the sky in the mornings when we would get up with him. And then he had these gloves that he would use to get the cardboard and they like had this like nappy suede leather on them. So I made like the rand here on the lateral side and on the medial side out of that. Well, as close as I could get to that material, like a rough suede material because it kind of represented those gloves. Um, And then we have I put PP, which is pop pop, which is what I called him. And then TM Thomas McRae was his name um, on the back of the shoe. And so like that, that's one just because I feel like part of my work work ethic of, you know, making sure I get shit done kind of came from those days seeing him get up uh, as my grandfather and doing what he had to do to make sure shit got done so there you go Jock, these, are, these are the stories we love this is the part about shoe and tell that we love the personal mm-hmm. connection by the way shout to nike id remember that when you used to like design your it was fun times that was the truth fun times back in the day uh but no man that i love that and you can see it right like in it even like in just the way you talk about it we can feel you that how much he meant to you right just coming out because i feel like in your mind you're like this what you're doing now right this is the manifestation of that that it's incredible what kids see when they're young, right? Like, all yep. right, we're getting up early. It's five o'clock. I'm sure in the moment you're like, hey, I'm not five o'clock again. But now you're like, ah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Right? Like, it's the grind. And that's that's beautiful, man. I love that, too. I mean, I think I have to ask, though, is that like a Jacques Slade one of one, like a PE Air Max one? Um, no, well, t- kind of, kind of like everybody, okay. uh, like they, I got everybody in my family got pairs and they Amazing. put it on like the Nike ID website, but like it was, it was more just to kind of promote Nike ID and what you could do with it and how you could storytell through it. Um, and so like, this was, this was my story. And then, you know, everybody in my, I bought everybody in my family pairs. So they have them. That's nice, man. I love that. I, I love that. It's all emotional. Look at that. We're getting emotional here on America's nah. favorite segment. Shoe and tell presented by another lane. Um, no, uh, Jock, this was incredible, man. We really appreciate the time. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, they don't know. They don't need to know where to find me. Uh, <laughs> just make sure you follow the kicks and shit show. That's <laughs> what's important. Um, make sure you follow them. They're doing some, they're doing great work here. Um, they're, they're obviously great at the interviews and, you know, they have a, a voice in this community, uh, which is important. So make sure you hear more and listen more to the, to the voices of the community that goes for the brands and for the people that are just, uh, just dipping their toes in the water. You can learn something by listening to the kicks and shit. So, so don't worry about where you can find me. Oh Take man, them. that was so nice. Jordan. I'm like getting very emotional. Yeah, man. You know? we, it's a real, 
real serious time out here. All right, before the waterworks start, let's get out of here. All right, folks, thank you so much, as always, for rocking with us. Remember, we are part of the Count the Dings family. You can find us on the Bomb Podcast feed with all those amazing shows. The original Bomb Show, of course. You've got Growing Up the Same. You've got Rap Names. You've got Wednesday Service with Naima. You've got Crazy Sexy Cool. I mean, it's just a million shows. you got Woke Bros. I mean, there's so many shows. And, of course, us, the Kicks and Shit Show. And we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Kicks and Shit Show. And until next time, peace. Peace.